Oh, it's like being on the Crystal Maze, this. Dun, 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 dun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Solo. I'm Gav. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Solo, we are flying Solo without Alex and Joel. Uh, <laughs> Reducing us to three. <laughs> just like Solo. Just like Solo. Yeah, no, so- seriously. Solo just like Solo, never tell us the odds. Oh, man. No, no. I should have just stuck with the other terrible yeah. one, shouldn't I? Yeah, uh, I've got okay. a bad feeling about this. Oh, oh shit, man. <laughs> you know, next week you're doing it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, uh, if you've never heard the show before, basically we take a film and we put it on trial. As I said before, this week it is solo. Just off the bat, we just want to apologize that we have not been on iTunes this week. Uh, so, we've been having a little bit of difficulty because we got thrown off because we forgot to mark one of our episodes as explicit and somebody listened to it and complained. They dobbed us into the iTunes police and we were thrown off. So just a precursor that not only does this show contain spoilers about Solo, it also contains some bad language. Um, So just to that person that dobbed us in originally, we just want to say a big fuck you. Did you you do the... Beeper in the right place there. You sure? We're okay. We're all good. Yeah, it's fine. So, yeah. It's, 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 it's okay. Okay. Uh, and along <laughs> with the review, there'll also be a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including a quiz, a biffy song, some biffy impressions, a caption contest, lots of banter, etc., etc., etc. It's going to be very hilarious. But before we do any of that, I think it's time for a little bit of news. Pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's all right. I don't think you give me enough credit for my giant sausage fingers. I have to play that every week. Very good. Um, So this week's news, we decided because there's only the three of us, just like Solo, we would do a little no spoilers review of a film that we all saw recently, Deadpool Two. So I think, Austin, you saw it most recently. What did you think of it? I absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant. It's probably the best film I've seen in in uh, the last. Three days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but to be honest, uh, uh, that's not saying much. To be fair, you rarely, rarely watch films. You've probably only seen one film in the past three days. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, and I've only seen I've only seen two films in the last like three months. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, uh, Dave, Dave, you were a big fan of the first one, weren't you? Yeah. Right. Yep. What did you think of the second one? Did it live up to the hype? Did it better the first one? I I loved it. I don't know if it was better than the first one. I know a few people have said they do think it is. Uh, it was just as good though there's no doubt about that it was i thought the pace was better i thought the character you know we're already introduced the characters now so everyone just you know hit the ground running i thought it really worked i thought it was a great script great new additions to the cast as well i thought josh brolin nailed it i mean yeah he's he's having a good 2018 let's be honest oh definitely i mean in the space of what two and a half months he's got avengers infinity war deadpool 2 and sicario 2 as well yeah man he must be absolutely rolling it it's like absolutely brolling it (laughs) what a treat (laughs) that's that is what you call world play right there i can't even say word but i like that i can't even say the word word (laughs) and you're coming up with that lyrical gold anyway austin what was your favorite part of the film I, I really enjoyed like the Easter eggs and all like, all the little throwbacks to the first film. Yeah, so, like, they were they really like yeah. I was just laughing my head off at some of them things, and then caught calls to like um, the Wolverine. Every every time he's calling people out. Yeah, I mean I like that about Deadpool anyway. He's quite knowledgeable about you know it's very knowing about the rest of the comic world. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know? So it's just I enjoy that. It's good. I, I thought jokes. the it's not really after credits. It's sort of a mid credit. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that, yeah. I just thought that was. I don't want to give too much away, but everyone should definitely stay until the middle of the credits for yeah. sure. Yes. Just to tell people though, don't stay till the very end because there's nothing at the very end. Oh yeah, that was a waste. Of three <laughs> was, minutes was, of my yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the mid credits scene is absolutely hilarious. Probably one of the best, if not the best, mid credit scene I think I've ever seen. To be honest, it was hilarious. Um, and 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 the cameos throughout as well. Yes, they were yeah. brilliant. Yeah. There was, I mean, there was a couple of like, big surprises in there, but there was one in particular 
um, that well, I'm not going to spoil it for people, but it was. Uh, that's it. Should we say who it was? As in, like, who, who, where the cameo appeared? Uh, say where the cameo appeared, but uh... okay. So um, you get a brief glimpse of a character called the Vanisher later on, and it's a very good cameo. It's actually one that they went back in post production to do. So they actually finished the film and they're about to, you know, do, they were doing all the tweaks and they were getting it ready to actually put on the cinema. And uh, the character, that, well, sorry, an actor that they've been in contact with before to play another part in the film had got in touch with them and said, I'm free, uh, you know, I'm free for the day if you want to do something. So they put in this brief cameo. And uh, I think it really worked, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. yeah, It was brilliant. Yeah. It was just it was such funny. a surprise to see it. Yeah, yeah it definitely. Really there were so, a few other cameos as well, weren't there? I, I did a bit of reading afterwards, just like sort of because i enjoyed it that much i thought i'd have a read around what other easter eggs there were that i missed so there's two others that you you wouldn't have spotted either so i mean i don't want to say who they are because actually you know what? I, I probably could say them and you wouldn't see them so it's like uh, matt damon's in there oh yeah sorry uh, yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. of the hillbillies yeah yeah, yeah it's just sort of brilliant like yeah. they, those two are in there and um just you know just Oh, it's just funny. It was brilliant. Really knowing. It was just great. Great. Thanks for that review there. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get any words. It was that good. Well, that good a film. Thank you very much, guys. So the review there is a fantastic eight and a half thumbs up. Uh, so um, just uh, there's no Alex this week. So um, unfortunately, we can't do our film feels. <laughs> I was thinking we could do a sort of mock film feel uh, instead. Uh, what, what, what do you guys think the best impression of Alex is? Is it either A, oh, hello, uh, my name is Alex and I'm terribly excited to be here. Or is it B, hello and welcome to Films on Trial. I think they're both equally good. It depends on whether he's on the phone to his mom or not. <laughs> it does. I just thought I'd put that one in there for I, I think the, the Mark Owen-esque <laughs> number uh, B, B, definitely yeah, B. Definitely. <laughs> And then, and that's just to say a big happy birthday to Alex and that's the yes. reason that he's not here today because he's half celebrating his birthday so happy birthday from all of your bestest friends and uh, <laughs> who are mocking you in your absence <laughs> yeah, who are not here okay so uh, just before we close things off Austin can you smell that <laughs> I can. Yeah. Do you know what The Rock's been up to this week? Tell us, Austin, please. So The Rock and his mate, John Krasinski, took part in something called um, the Murph Challenge. That's like a crazy annual fundraiser for this guy called Michael P. Murphy. He was uh, like a Navy SEAL. He died in 2005, and this is just like a big charity for him. But it sounds absolutely mental. Basically, basically, it is a one-mile run, then 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, then another one mile run. And if that wasn't enough, I mean, just the one mile run's enough for me to be perfectly <laughs> honest. But if, you were, if that wasn't enough, you have to carry a, um, a 20 pound vest um, as though you were like a Navy SEAL. So you're carrying all the equipment. Oh, my word. Wow. And um, yeah, so the two of them did that and just, just absolutely beasted it, apparently. Like they, they were really good at it. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. So yet again, The Rock has been working out. It's then often The Rock can't do. <laughs> I could be bubble playing the whole thing. Okay, so thank you very much for the news there, guys. Uh, as I said before, this is Films on Trial. If you've never heard the show before, we put a film on trial. It's as simple as that. Where have you been? Anyway, uh, it, well, usually we will take a film out of our hat at random. However, we have chosen this week's film because it's in the cinema. It is solo, but the roles have been picked out at random. So in the role of prosecution and trying to get the film condemned to the shit list i oh, see did you get the beeper right there yeah okay okay it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it's gonna be my good self and in the role of the defense and trying to get the film placed on the hit list is going to be austin and we don't have a character witness this week because there's only three of us so that means in the most important role of the show is going to be dave and he's going to be playing the judge his role is to listen to both mine on austin's arguments and decide which list the film should be placed on based solely on the arguments and not using his own opinion uh, so without further hesitation i think we should give our listeners a bit of a synopsis here a bit of an understanding as to what the film's about so without further hesitation let me play uh, let me sorry let me spin the wheel of impressions <laughs> oh, <it's, laughs> 
It's landed on Joel. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, instead of Joel, how about right? All three of us, we will we'll take the synopsis and we will t- we will split it into thirds, and we will all do it in the style of Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> Start with Austin. <laughs> so like a cat trying to get rid of a fair ball. <laughs> Which is pretty much what Chewbacca sounds like, give me okay, fair. I get it, I get it. I, get it. I can't even remember what he sounds like. I go. Right, okay, I can't do it either. Dave, Dave, it's, it's up to you, man. Take it, take it home. <laughs> oh, shit, man. That was... That's right, yeah. very good, Dave. That's yeah. very good, honestly. I hope that's not the official one, otherwise we need to play royalties. <laughs> oh. So, okay, so thank you very, very much for that, guys. Dave, would you like to kick off proceedings, please? Yep, okay, so Solo, latest installment of the Star Wars series. Now, I have not seen it. I purposely avoided it. And I'm willing to listen to spoilers. Uh, anyone listening at home, if you're not, I suggest you tune out now. But uh, yeah, so take it away, guys. Don't worry about spoiling any elements of the plot. I will take one for the team on this one. Do your best to convince me about this film. I have no idea what it's like. So who wants to go first? Well, I'll go Austin, first. go for okay. it. So this film is filled with excellent action, loads <laughs> of emotion. Keep a straight face. And, uh, <laughs> see, I'm just smiling. I'm just, my memory of the film is, oh, so, right, is okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah, like, okay, so, Honestly, so it's excellent action, like really gritty action that you can really get behind, uh, loads of emotion. And I actually think it's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I think it just came out the wrong, the wrong weekend, really. It's a very busy bank holiday weekend. You know, it's, that's why uh, figures don't reflect just how good it is at the moment. Um, you know, and I think it's done such a great job in spite of its trouble production. We've talked about it several times uh, over the course of the podcast, you know, about um, directors changing, and you know, and Ron Howard stepped in and he has done an absolutely fantastic job. He's steadied the ship and he's really told a fantastic story. Um, and, you know, essentially, so the film follows a young Han Solo, you know, and he's, uh, he's on his home world trying to get away. It's just this sort of story which we didn't think we needed to know, the backstory of Han Solo. And, and I think it really provides an excellent extension to the Star Wars world for people who just can't get enough of Star Wars in between the episodes. You get this and it's, um, you know, it's not as big as one of the episodes. But it's just a, a lovely bit of backstory that I think you can really get behind, and um, and it's uh, just this development of Han Solo from his, he's a kid, you know, he's not he's not the star that Harrison Ford was playing, you know, he's not the guy from Episode One or Episode Five. Well, I can't even know. Four. Four. I can't even count <laughs> the numbers. To be fair, yeah. But you know, so he's not he's not finished. You know, the key word of the whole thing about it is that eventually he will become that Han Solo. You know, at this stage, you know, he doesn't you. Go, it, it took me a little while, like a few minutes, to be honest with you, maybe 25 minutes, I'd say, before I really got past the fact that he doesn't look like Harrison Ford. He doesn't look like Han Solo from the originals. And he doesn't really sound like him. But he's got the attitude, you know, he, he, he's got the charisma and he really brings it home. You know, I think he really does nail it. He's, um, his performance is fantastic. You know, he's got like a wild-hard wonder, you know, of a, of a kid who wants to explore the galaxy. He gets away from his... Um, from his home planet, and um, it's quite a, an emotional scene because he's trying to escape with his girlfriend at the time, and um, and you know, full on spoiler here, guys. You know, and she just she gets left behind, so he's away, and then he spends the rest of the film trying to get back to her. So all of his decisions, you know, they seem quite selfish, but he's doing bad things to get back to make something right, you know. And it's um, and you really feel that there's everything about the film there is that it's just the story's really well done. It's um. Yeah, it's just really, really impressive performance from him to to capture this iconic character, in spite of you know not sounding like him. He doesn't look like him, but he, the attitude is just absolutely nailed. And um, the story, you know, don't get me wrong, this is a Disney story. This is a, it's got a formula. It's almost, um, you know, it's it's almost predictable, but not quite. There's a, a few enough surprises in there just to keep you excited throughout. So um, it's just. The, the characters, you know, everybody who plays there, they really pull it out. The charisma of every single actor and the director, they've really managed to to pull this back together. You know, something that was essentially completed when Ron Howard came in and he just scrapped it and he's reworked it. 
and it and it's become like an excellent it's become something which you know i think it's worthy of the star wars name but it doesn't need to be you know it's not um until until the very end of the film it could have been you know could have been any sort of space cowboy film it's really it's, it's really well any done. space cowboy film any space any cowboy one of those space cowboy films. Any, you know you know but it's it's essentially that you know it's it's a western set in space and like, it's just like cowboys and aliens exactly like cowboys <laughs> and aliens there's not so many aliens i can't remember many aliens in this there's a lot of a lot of humanoids yeah but um you know it, it just it's absolutely brilliant i just thought it was great as soon as chewbacca comes in suddenly the, the whole film just comes to life you immediately you get the camaraderie between them and um and that brings you back to the hand that you sort of you know and love you you see the glimpses of him then you see that whole relationship building and i just think that you know he i think alden uh aaron reich and uh <laughs> and chewbacca i think what they was really like aaron reich i'm not sure you know those guys just really pull it home and you get all of the different i mean woody harrelson for me he just stole the show he was absolutely brilliant as well so i'm you know i'm just all of the characters all of the actors in this i think just really put paid to a fantastic film i don't think there's anything that you could say to to dissuade me from that the oh, acting was excellent i'm gonna worry, have it, I'm gonna let, worry, go. I'm gonna let you give it a go now i think <laughs> i reckon we could have a back and forth on this i could shoot you down all day uh, <laughs> <laughs> well this could be entertaining <laughs> i like the confidence man it's, it, it reminds me of han solo from episode four not han solo from han, uh, from solo <laughs> uh, but that's just it because he's just becoming himself this is a young han solo this he's not got the confidence and the swagger that he's you know he's he's wide-eyed he wants to become that guy and and it's really captured in this film have, have you done yeah, yeah, go on, go on. Are you sure? I'm just going to yeah. keep jumping in so take, you don't get to finish this. Take it, take it away. I'm going to I'm going to allow a few bu- right. a few jump ins every now and again. So just do what you can, Gav. Okay, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. I, I, to be honest, I will agree with Ozzy. Um, it was it will actually surprise people by how incredibly dull it is. <laughs> I mean, for me, this was the producers playing it safe. A really painted by numbers Star Wars film. It was an all right heist movie, slightly bland in parts uh, a bit shackled by instances to um of you know an origins movie formula but it was nothing you know nothing really unexpected happened you know it doesn't really affect any other films in the series it doesn't affect uh, it, it isn't affected by any previous films either it's just sort of in there in the star wars canon now so the real question is why is it here there are just so many other avenues that they could have explored, but they decided to do a Han Solo origin story, which nobody really asked for in the first place. It just felt like a massive cash grab throughout, especially when you compare it to the previous spin-off, Rogue One. I mean, that was a new original story that wasn't anything to do with the Skywalker family, and it was fresh, and it, it was very popular amongst the fans as well. This one, though, it just felt like, oh, well, what can we do? Um, let's have Han Solo, meet and Chewie, have the Millennium Falcon in there, have a bit of john williams and well, that that's it we'll call it a day it just felt very sort of bland like a like a, a star wars script that a child might have written or maybe that's a bit too harsh but actually no it wasn't harsh enough uh, but <laughs> I, I like to compare it to um i uh, see i like to uh, at the moment it, it's faltering a little bit at the box office and people are kind of questioning why is it faltering and people are comparing it a lot to the marvel cinematic universe because they're saying well maybe it's because it's only been quite recently since the last year that came out and people are just feeling a little bit of star wars fatigue that the last jedi came out in december and this one's come out in what you know what are we in now may uh, and maybe it's just a bit too close but then people argue well you look at mcu they bring films out within three months of each other and people don't really get fatigued by that so you've got to ask yourself why, why is that why do people not get fatigued by the mcu why, why can they go and watch thor ragnarok and then a few months later go and watch black panther and the two films be really financially successful and the the answer to that for me is that with the mcu they hire new different directors to put a different spin on the same formula and the thing is that it really works if you look at the last three films for example as i've just said previously thor ragnarok black panther at avengers infinity war like all three of them had different tones different texture but they were still equally enjoyable and they were equally financially successful as well now when you look at the star wars movies 
It's not like that at all. It's essentially different directors telling the exact same story in the exact same way. Nothing new, nothing original. It's still the sort of the same thing. You could show anybody this film who might not have seen a Star Wars film since the original one, and they would know what it was relating to. They would know that it was directly linked to Star Wars because okay. it had the same same techniques. I, I disagree. I, th- I think this stands alone on its own. I think what you said earlier on is absolutely right. It doesn't need to... Um it doesn't need any film before or any film after it for it to to, to work. For me, it, it may not even have been a Star Wars film. So why, why have it in the first place? Wait, I think it's a good story on its own. It's a good character development of, you know, of an iconic character. But without that, you could watch this film and and be happy to then go, oh, you know, and I don't even think Han is the, the takeaway character from this. I think like Kira... It's got, you know, a great oh. character arc, you know, who, and who she's plays not... Kira, by the Kira way? is uh, Amelia, um, Amelia, Amelia Dragon, Dragon Lady. <laughs> Amelia, <laughs> oh, her, Amelia She's Clark. taken a step away from raising dragons to, like, to become this sort of badass... Uh, Wench to a to wench. 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 <laughs> I'd say right hand person to Paul right. Bettany's big screen villain. Yeah, yeah. So and he's, okay. a, and he's a good villain. In this. Are, are you guys going to be doing characters in any depth, or do I need to probe this one now? I I, I would like to discuss characters in a bit okay, more yeah. depth. Later okay, on, I'll let you guys do okay. that in your own time. Then I'll ask questions later. So I, 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 as I was saying here, I honestly. I do not think that they, uh, this just doesn't link into anything at all. It's nothing new. It's nothing original. It's just a forgettable version of a better movie that came before it. It just feels like kind of a poorer telling of Star Wars Episode Four or Star Wars Episode Five. It could have been different. It could have with the original directors. They originally brought in Lord Miller, who had done a Lego movie, Twenty One Jump Street, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. But they fell out with the producers, and then there was a massive sort of uproar. It was in sort of development. Hell, uh, I think they tried to bring in another director who so- shortly left, and then Ron Howard came in. And when you're actually watching the film, you can see that many different people have had their hands on it at different points because it looks slightly disjointed. There's this sort of different hints of a Ron Howard film in there, and different hints of a uh, sort of um, Lord and Miller film in there as well. And it just doesn't work. All the story is essentially about a heist. I should have said the the real synopsis here is it's all about Han Solo and how he became to be. And he meets Chewbacca and he meets Lando and he gets the Millennium Falcon and what else? Essentially what it is, is a, a heist film. It's one heist though, and it's dragged out for almost two hours. And anybody wanting to see how Han became this gruff, but lovable, apathetic anti-hero will be bitterly disappointed. Ozzy was saying that, you know, oh, he's, he's just kind of, it's just like watching a young Han Solo and it's about how he became to be, how he, how he, how he is in uh, episode four. But it's not at all because his character starts off as this sort of scrappy, determined, down on his luck, but always seeing the bright side of life sort of kids. It's taken straight from a scene, I say scene, essentially the first act of Oliver Twist. It's absolutely ridiculous. The, the, honestly, when the film started, I mean, obviously, we're saying food, glorious food to each other because it was literally a scene from <laughs> Oliver Twist. Not even joking. Uh, is that true, Austin? Did you yeah, do it? Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I have to concede on that point. That, that very, to be honest with you, the, the opening scene, I felt, um, tried to set something up which could have been told in a different way. That's That was one of the dis- most disjointed parts of it. It was probably the first, maybe 15 or 20 minutes, was where things seemed to be... Different directors have tried to, you know, shit, I've got something coming up in the middle here, I need to try and fit something in. So there was quite a lot of weird um, scenes which probably didn't need to be there at the very start, and I'll totally agree with that, that there were some odd choices at the very start of the film. And uh, and, I, and I'll also agree that at the end of the film, you're not... You know, you're not you're not at the rounded hand solo point. It's it it felt like a midway section, you know, it did set up exactly. for a, it did set up for another exactly. hand solo movie. The, the, that's I totally the thing. agree with that. I, I don't understand. So so my my thing here is right, this film is essentially telling us or should be telling us how Han Solo became who he is and it doesn't 
It is a completely different character. As I said, this guy is just full of enthusiasm and energy, and he reminds me of Scrappy-Doo from Scooby-Doo. He's always like, so let me at him, let me at him. You know, and he's always like hanging on the coattails of Woody Harrelson, and he's always eager. It just it isn't the character. But and I he... thought something was going to happen for him to become this sort of really apathetic, I don't want to get involved with the resistance sort of lovable rogue, but, but nothing does. And at the end, it sets you up for a sequel. So essentially the yeah. whole film was a giant cash grab because it was like, oh, well, what you've tuned in to watch in this film was to see how Han Solo became who he is. But we're not going to show you that. We're going to show you that in the second film. So tune in for that. And what really pisses me off about it is everything that you knew about Han Solo before, right? Uh, meeting Chewie, um, the Kessel Run. You know, he's always going on about the Kessel Run. All of those things appear in this first film. So it felt very, very rushed. And so I'm thinking, well, why are all those things in this first film when we've got another film to come? Couldn't you have just spread it out a bit? It feels very, very rushed. And we get just ridiculous scene. One of the worst scenes, I think, in Star Wars history. I almost wanted to pull my own testicles off because it was so terrible. What? What it, what it was is Han Solo is trying to evade the busies, or the, sorry, the, the police. Uh, and, sorry, Han Solo is trying to <laughs> evade the police and he decides to sign up to be an Imperial fighter pilot. And he, he's there at the check-in desk and the guy says, what's your name? And he says, Han. And he says, what's your, sec- uh, no, sorry, who are you with? Um, you know, who's your clan? And he said, oh, I'm on my own. So the guy kind of looks off to one second as if to think, hmm, what witty name can I give him? And then turns back to the camera with a sort of almost knowing wink and says, okay, Han Solo. We find out that his name is, it's a literal description of what he was at that point in time. I, like, so it was almost a stretch away from being Han no mates or Han without family. It's just sort of like, oh, that was just, come on, like, there's no mystique here. This is a character who's shrouded in mystery, like when we first introduced him in the cantina. And this, it just shits over everything. But and it's just a horrible mess. Isn't that what we were worried about anyway with the origin story? Is that all of the mystery? is swept away and that's because that's the whole nature of an origin story like wolverine there's no you know there is absolutely no mystery now we know where wolverine came from we've had his origin you know so that's just what happens in an origin story you yeah. lose all of that you know sometimes yeah, but you look at wolverine than, right so that origin story is essentially a shit film no well, that's true yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that, that's for another debate <laughs> No, Wolverine's origin story has been told over three X-Men films, also three uh, Wolverine films, and also three prequel uh, X-Men films. I mean, well, so, hopefully we'll get three more solos. <laughs> Please! Because <laughs> this one just wasn't enough. Anyway, like, just sorry, very, very quickly, closing off about the general film. The action is okay. You know, the, the action's good. There's actually a really enjoyable train uh, chase, and that, that bit was good. Apart from that, it's a bit few and far between for my liking. But and this, this, on the... On the action scenes with the because you don't know so much about the characters the action feels gritty because you don't know if someone you know there's real peril in some of these action scenes because you don't know enough about the character you, you've got enough of them to feel some sort of affinity but not enough to know whether they're going to survive well, I'd, I'd argue not. that to be honest because we're sort of introduced to these characters very very briefly and then they're thrust into danger and the only two that we really know anything about are the two that we've known previously from other films, which is Han and Chewie. Um, and we know and Lando, right? Oh, he's not in it at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so those two we know aren't going to die. And the other ones, we don't really know that much about, so we don't really care if they were going to die or not, essentially. I'm I mean, pretty good at suspending my disbelief, and I cared for them. Well, if it was towards the end... <laughs> they were cool. There was a lot of charisma <laughs> in, in the acting. So, so if it would have been like an hour and a half, an hour and 40 minutes, whatever, into the film, and this happened, I would feel more invested in those characters, and yeah, I okay. would actually worry for their safety. However, when it's within the first 20 minutes, I don't really care, you know, because it's like, well, who are you for, for me to care about if you die now, essentially? I haven't been told enough about you i've even forgotten what your name is you know i don't know anything about that character so why should i care when they're put in peril and 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 that's that's what my kind of genuine thing is here the main characters that we know about we know aren't going to die because they're in future films anyway but on the whole it's just it just feels just like a generic star wars film Uh, and the one thing that it's 
it's, it's just very, very... <laughs> I just remembered now, the one thing that really pissed me off about it, and I know for a fact that it pissed us off as well, is there's just too much bland talking and description, and there's a lot of expository dialogue, which is relayed over scenes, which I always find annoying. So instead of the character saying, oh, uh, what are we going to do now? Well, we're going to go to this planet, and we're going to go and meet this person. It's told over the scene, so the camera's like zooming in on a mountainscape, and you can hear Woody Harrelson's voice saying, oh, okay we're gonna get on this train and it's gonna go past this point at this time and blah 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 and it's just like oh this is it's it's annoying it's almost like they didn't have enough time so they had to do that but it's like nearly a two-hour film and it ends with a just head-scratchingly bizarre cameo and i i I, well it's it's head-scratchingly bizarre if you don't watch the animated series Right. If you do, then you might understand a bit more. But if you just watch the films, like m- myself and Austin, and, yeah. and, my, and, myself. and yourself yep. as well, you would be like, what the fuck was that? <coughs> I, we, we walked away from it, and we were debating for about half an hour what the hell it was. Yeah. And it, what it essentially was, it, it's just a cynical setup for a sequel. So the, the thing is, is that like... We, we, I didn't feel like personally I got enough from that film, but at the end, because of that cameo, I want to watch the second film now. And that's what it felt like that, that was there. It was a tool to make people come and watch the second film. This must be a hell of a cameo. I'm, I'm, it is one hell of a cameo. I'm, I'm intrigued. I, and it adds on to what's been... Uh, I, I think, actually, you know, the cameo, the whole setup for the cameo really is like 20 minutes, which maybe didn't need to be on the film. Um I would I would fully say that you know the film's a little on the long side because of this setup at the end, but it's well worth it. It was really it was like oh shit wow now I'm quite excited for her and what's coming up, you know. And that was that was really good. So I, it, but it was an add-on. It didn't need to be there. You could have finished the film without that, and it would have been just the end of the film. So I think it would have been fine. This, but is, this, this is, is a character we know whether we've watched the animated series yes. or not. Yes, this do, is a character. Does that intrigue? Do you genuinely want to know? I, I think I do. I, this could either be great or this could be the final nail in the, in the coffin of this film, to be honest with you. Well, to be honest, it I depends how much of a Star Wars fan you are. I'm, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Okay, I've, I've so... Heard, uh, I've heard the early episodes of the podcast. Okay, so the whole time we're told about Paul Bettany's villain, and we're like, "Oh, he's a bit of a bad bastard." Yeah. However, he he uh, speaks to ah. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to get the remote from underneath the cat. And he's, <laughs> he's not having any of it. He's not having any of it. The true villain of the piece, right there. <laughs> well, so you say that there is a true villain of the piece. Apparently, it's a higher calling. There's somebody that Paul Bettany is, you know, this higher up in the chain, and we okay. don't know who this person is. It shrouds yeah. in mystery throughout. And then, right at the very end, Amelia Clark makes a distress signal to this person who appears as a hologram, and it is the original actor playing it himself, Darth Maul. So it's Ray Park returning, playing Darth Maul. Is he serious? He's yes, serious. very serious. Not voiced by Peter Serafinowitz, I might add. Okay. Right, and and then it ends, and like myself and Austin walked away, and we were like, "What the fuck was that about?" <laughs> then we were then we were talking about, "Hang on, when is this film set?" I mean, you think about Anakin was a kid when Darth Vader died. Uh, sorry, Darth when Darth Maul. Maul died, and then he grew up, and then thirty years later, it's like, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Darth, Darth Maul died. When Obi Wan Kenobi was about what late twenties, yeah, maybe. Yeah. When Obi Wan Kenobi is in his what late sixties, early seventies, Harrison Ford's in his late twenties. So. so this is where yeah. we went wrong because I. Also I mean, I don't expect space to keep to the Julian yeah. calendar, but <laughs> <laughs> well, see, this is the, the thing: the mistake so. that we've all made, all three of us in this room here, yeah. is assuming that Darth Maul dies at Obi Wan Kenobi. He gets cut in half yeah. and falls. Pretty far. Yeah. yeah so well. apparently the animated series, The Clone Wars, which is apparently quite uh, successful and it's a really popular as well. I've heard of it. Yeah. So what happens in there is they give, a, they give an explanation. So it's... It, so that, he's, a, he's a character in The Clone Wars? Well, the, the Clone Wars is set between episode one and episode two. So the Phantom Menace and the Attack of the Clones. And it's all about the the war. Oh, the Clone Wars will be between two and three. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that much about Star Wars. And yeah, I, it must be. It's got to be between two and three. <laughs> and you sound uh, like you know, so I'm just, <laughs> just going to bow down and pretend I didn't say anything. Yeah, so it's between two and three, and it gives an explanation that he, f- he fell and somebody rescued him. I, I don't know whether it was an individual All or... of him or half of him? The well, of well, the top half of him. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounded like he was taken away 
to you know um, that 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 group in The Walking Dead that lives in a, a, a tip and that lives in amongst bins the Bruceys. The Bruceys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, um, so he's taken away to somewhere like that, and they make these giant mechanical spider legs for him. And he's winding me up, right? <laughs> you don't see the bottom half. Yeah, well, you don't so see in the film. You this don't see the bottom a, half. We've, we've had yeah. to read this because it's, it's, so it's essentially, it's essentially remember the bad guy from Wild Wild West. <laughs> 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 That's essentially what Darth Maul becomes. But he's really embittered, so he hates he hates the Jedi still. But he also hates um, the what would they call the Sith? Uh, so he hates. He, he is Sith, isn't he? But he hates the hates the, the what the bad guys called the Sith. Yeah. The Sith. Yeah. The Sith. Yeah. Oh, he hates them as well because they because they binned him off. So when he died, they were like, "Oh fuck it," you know what I mean? Well, that, did he die? I mean, that's the point. There's supposed to be only two Sith. So while the Emperor was recruiting the Count Dooku, yeah. but, but he, then the third, there was a third Sith. But that's the whole point of the of yeah. the thing, isn't it? He, they think he's dead, so you, yeah. you're out of the gang. Sorry, and, mate. And you've, par- got, you've got no legs. You're out of the gang. And he comes back. I've got eight <laughs> legs. Let me in, guys. <laughs> oh, jeez. Right. Yeah. Okay, so we've got a genuine Darth Maul cameo yes. going on here. Yes. So, He's alive. Like, tell me that. Now, you are intrigued to see the second one, aren't you? I'm intrigued to see what they've done with this one, to be honest. I mean, Darth Maul, he's dead. Anyway, he's, he's, de- de- he's definitely yeah. not. He's, so he's he not was... dead. He's in it. He's, he's fully in it. And he leaves a, a sort of a... A full-on calling to the main female of the of the of the well, the second main female of the film to say, "You better come and see me. We're going to have a lot of talking." So, so Dave, I wondered where that was going. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, yeah. Do, do, do you want us to go into a bit more detail about these characters? If yeah, if you guys, if that's what you guys want to discuss, tell yeah, me about the characters. I want to hear more. Oh, well, let's do these characters. Okay, right. So I'm going to start off with the positive. To be honest, I, I say the positive because there was only one, and that was the Donald Glover performance. He was good. he was absolutely brilliant as Lando, and I think the reason that Donald Glover was so amazing as Lando was because Lando's character hasn't been really revealed or explored as much in previous films. So Glover had a lot of free reign. He had a lot more freedom to kind of put his own spin on the character. And in addition to doing sort of like an homage or an impression of Billy D. Williams, which he does at points, but he also has a lot more freedom to put his own spin on things. And that shows you when you're watching it, he's absolutely loving his role. He just oozes charm and charisma and he's definitely the best part about the film. However, the big uh, negative for me here is that he's not in it enough. It takes about 40 minutes until we're introduced to him. And then this whole first scene is at a card table. So he's not really doing much. And then he gets brought into this big heist and then he gets in. Well, for most, of it he sits on the ship and doesn't really do anything then he gets injured and then he kind of sits in the back and just complains a bit and then he he frigs off essentially and that's that Uh, so he's not in it as much as he should be because he's the best part about it and it just goes to show that they've announced that they might be doing a Lando spin-off obviously because the character was so so popular in this. He was absolutely brilliant and he was you know criminally to take a phrase from my favourite of the uh, of the films on trial group he was criminally underused he was criminally underused um, there should be a trial of that right now no he he was he could have been in it so much more he was a great character he he was he was charming and and like slippery at the same time you know you would there was a whole thing with it yeah he was super smooth yeah yeah yeah. and and there was a whole thing about with all of the characters in this you know you weren't sure if you could trust them everyone was super charming I felt so I, I would disagree that only Donald Glover was good in this. I thought who, who was good. I thought Woody Harrelson was really good. I thought he was nah, brilliant. Yeah, actually, yeah, Woody Harrelson was all right. To be fair, but and Woody he was Harrelson's in it for good. A long time. Yeah, He's Woody good Harrelson's in good in everything. To yeah, be yeah. fair, isn't he? Okay, yeah, well, let's, so let's talk go. about some Goes of the more controversial saying, ones. Woody then. Harrelson was fantastic. Yeah. But, right, okay, right, <laughs> okay. So Glover and Harrelson yes. and Harrelson are good. Yeah. Tell me about Bettany. <laughs> That's the first place that you come to. Paul yeah. Bettany's in it. Um, and right. That's, that's all I can say. Essentially, that's it. Uh, no. Okay. No, tell no, me no. about Clark. Then no, no, there's nothing no, no, to say no, about no. Paul, Paul Bettany. I think he does an all right job, to be honest. But he's a bit of a generic bad guy. You know what I mean? It's it, there's there's there's, like, there's kind of a, a thing about him. He's covered in scars. We don't really know anything about how he got the scars. We've been told that he's uh, he's running some big gang, and we don't find out a lot about them. And then we find out that it's actually a sort of cult, essentially, or this 
this this group of people that go around doing unspeakable horrors and we're not told anything about his character and what he's done why has he recruited kira to to be his right-hand person you know what how has he accumulated all this wealth who was the person that he speaks up to why has he got all these scars we don't know anything about him and then he just dies and it's just like sort of oh okay you know what i mean i feel like they could have explored that character more there's no character development at all and i think you know he he, he deserved it because I, I do think he gave an, a good performance to be honest okay ozzy bethany so, 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 so some, some of what gav says there is true is that you know he isn't fully explored however the rest of the film fills that in for you you know you're told about how bad the uh, the crimson they call it the, I can't remember the call now. The Crimson, Crimson Tide. Order, Crimson Order or the Crimson <laughs> Tide. <yeah. laughs> uh, you know, you're told about the unspeakable things they do. They go to planets and they, they ravage them. They take all of the resources and, you know, they're leaving, um, they're leaving civilizations decimated. But this guy's the head of that group. So, you know, it's intimated that he's a bad man and he's an incredibly bad man because these guys are bad people. Yeah. You know, and then you see the first time you see him he kills um like a, a mayor of some area, you know, he, he's killing people just willy-nilly, you know, and people are just letting him do it. Willy-nilly. Indeed. You, know, <laughs> you know, and he's um you know, he's able to do that just in in his Great words you mate, great words. <laughs> yeah, you know, it sounds like a kid trying to tell you who their favorite country <laughs> and, um, country western music star is. <laughs> oh, willy-nilly. <laughs> but you know, and he's and I think he's quite imposing. He's got, you know, there's a bit of, he's very sinister. He's got Got that sort of unhinged feel to him. He's I, don't, it's, I don't know. To be honest, he just reminds me like he's doing a, a David Bowie impression throughout. It's like, hey man, <laughs> I just want to cut you. An, equal, an equally scary man. Yeah, that is true. Okay, so in the interest of time, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to say, right, Clark, go tell me about Amelia Clark, guys. Okay, so at the very start of the thing, I, I, I couldn't get behind her when they were playing the kids, um, and it was just I think it was an accent thing. Really, just annoyed me a little bit, but. Once you get past that, I thought she did a great job. She was absolutely brilliant, and you weren't sure whether she would. When you when you re meet her again, when when they get back together, you think, oh, oh, she's great. This is weird, and you know. And then you see the little. She's part of the t- the Crimson Tide, and um, <laughs> and, then, and then you're not sure if um, you know, if she's good, if she's bad, is she back? You know, how? Why is she in there? What's the point? You don't you don't get to know enough about her, but. She plays a great job, and then you're told is not it, to is trust her. Is her performance her. good? Her performance is absolutely brilliant. She's equally charming. You know, they really everybody had to turn this up. Like Gav mentioned this before, the script is rubbish. This is a typical Star Wars script. <coughs> the script, okay. genuinely, the script is crap. <laughs> I see but the characters to... <laughs> are amazing. The, yeah, but the actors like bring it home. Ron Howard saved this film a long way. You know, maybe he had to play it safe at times, but he absolutely, absolutely saved it. Yeah, he's um, genuinely, all of the characters turned it up, you know, 100%, 110% in some cases. Mm-hmm. They just really pulled it out of the bag because they didn't have the script to work with. So um, it, was, it was really on it, you know. And I, I can tell you all about any of them, to be honest with you, because Amelia Clark was fantastic. You yep. know who else was good? And I, when I first, she came on the screen, is, um, oh, is her name Phoebe Dan, something? Dan Newton. The, I was looking um, at a cast list just now. Dan Newton or oh, no, Phoebe um, Waller-Bridge? Yeah, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, right. So... Uh, I'm not a big fan of droids with emotion, robots with emotions and personalities. Oh my God. Oh but my you know God. What? I've had to think about this and I went back to watch it again, just that little bit, you know, on a perfectly legal stream. And, um, <laughs> and, and you know, what? I think she really uh, brings it home. It added a lot of character and makes you think uh, it adds another, another dimension to Star Wars characters as a whole. You know, you, the droids are just overlooked throughout, you know, they're just treated as, as slaves and all. it just adds another a whole other edge to, okay. uh, to how you think about the Star Wars. I think, so, I think we've heard all about the principal cast no. there. Gav, do you want anything to add? What, 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 what Ozzy's trying to say there is that character, the droid, is essentially put there <laughs> to be as a sort of um, protester saying that um, droids need equal rights as well and it's just done really really terribly it's like a the, 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 it's a she's a sort of pilot slash navigator and love interest for Lando and she just goes around in the comedy segments talking about equal rights for droids and it feels very very on the nose very on the nose this this robot is a love interest for Lando yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and Lando's sort of played uh, with a sort of androgynous feel I think it's, think it's quite good it's just like a sort of um, it's, it's sort of like pansexual it's, they, it's yeah. It's, it's actually a really believable um, pansexual, uh, believable fawns? emotion. <laughs> but, but <no>. Fawns, <laughs> <laughs> but, but that that scene, like the death scene, because up until then I thought I was a bit skeptical. Because she, she alludes to it, you know, yeah, Lando loves me, but it'll never work out. 
but um you know when she gets um she gets destroyed and um spoiler alert sorry so she dies and he 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 pulls it out of the bag. He's yeah, genuinely his distraught. Is pretty, and then you every think, bit before awesome. that, though, it's like her saying equal rights for robots. It's done in a funny way, and that uh, to me, it felt a little bit like all the criticism that Star Wars had received pe- previously for not having any female characters in, and you know, complete complete lack of gender diversity in in Star Wars films. And it felt like it was a sort of knowing, sort of like, oh, hey, here we go. Here's the dig of feminism here. You know, like oh, equal rights, equal rights. You know what I mean? Let's do it in a really funny way, and it just felt very very unfunny and very pointed but i just really quickly want to talk about two people Amelia Clark, as he said, was really good before. She wasn't, there's no character development at all. She starts off this vulnerable sort of um, maiden who needs saving. Three years later, she's the right-hand person of this big baddie. She's done supposedly unspeakable acts. We never find out what she's done or who she really is. Unspeakable, yeah, because they cut the tongues out of everybody that they visit, apparently. That's that's it. So literally unspeakable. Anyway, her character takes several turns throughout. Is she good? Is she bad? Is she good? Is she bad? It just keeps on happening. By the fifth time, we honestly don't care anymore. It's just like, fucking hell, I, d- I don't even care if you're a good guy or a bad guy, just end already. And the thing is, is she revealed in an interview that she struggled with her character before Howard came in. She didn't know how she was supposed to play it, and she didn't know what her character was about, and I think that's evident throughout. I'm talking about another person who struggled, Aaron Reich, I'm sorry. It, he really, really does try his best, but there's no escaping the fact that he's just not Harrison Ford and he's not Han Solo, and that just draws you away from the film at all. It's not helped by the fact as well that it's a totally different character, as I mentioned before. It's This guy's got a lot of energy and enthusiasm. It's not the Han Solo that we like and we love. Apparently, the producers hired an acting coach for Aaron Reich during production to make him more like Ford, but they just, it, you can, that's evident throughout. It really hinders his performance. But the key to remember is he's not Han Solo yet. It's not Han Solo why, yet. Why, why even have Han, him in the first place? Solo it just felt like okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. This has been quite a good way of doing it, because without the character witnesses, you guys have just been able to go full reign and go loggerheads at each other. Do you guys want closing statements, or do you wave your rights to them at this point? Cause you yeah, guys have, yeah, I'm going to wave my rights. Yeah, I think I've said everything yeah, I want to say. Yeah, because it's been a different way of doing things, but it's been informative. Uh, okay, I think I've got enough. If you guys have said your piece... Objection! I've... Everything I've said is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Duly noted, I'll cross it all out. <laughs> So, uh, Dave, while you're thinking about your final verdict there, and you can see you've got a lot of notes, let's have a bit of a quiz. So, uh, no song this week, because I literally just wrote the quiz in about two minutes before the episode started. This quiz, I'm going to ask you guys if you can tell me whether the films I'm going to state now were intended to be standalone movies, or if they were intended to have a sequel in a quiz I like to call Solo or Duo. Okay? Right? So, the first one. eh? You like that, don't you? Very slapdash on this one as well. Uh, so the first one, E.T. 2, Nocturnal Fears, solo or duo? Solo. Solo. Oh, you both wrong. It was a duo. So uh, Steven Spielberg wrote a sequel to this in which Elliot and his mates were abducted by carnivorous aliens <laughs> and E.T. had to rescue them. But the studio <laughs> thought it was a bit dark. <laughs> so Spielberg was like, you know what? You're probably right. I'll just make Jurassic Park instead. <laughs> So number two, Mrs. Doubtfire 2, solo or duo? Mm, solo. Solo. Yeah, you're right, solo. And number three, Ferris Bueller 2, another day off, solo or duo? Solo. Duo. Dave, you're right, it's oh. a duo. So Hughes has intended to write him as a 40-year-old uh, Ferris. Uh, he'd become a motivational speaker, but was suffering from a midlife crisis, so decided to have another day off. <laughs> However, <laughs> and it's very, very funny, uh, Hughes never got around to writing it, and then he unfortunately passed away, and I think Broderick's a bit too old for it now. So unfortunately, it's never going to happen. I would like somebody to just do it again, because I feel like we're quickly approaching this this era. I think Solo has told us that we shouldn't recast popular iconic <laughs> characters from the 80s. Objection, uh, <laughs> the column is over. Anyway, uh, number four, Forrest Gump 2, Run, Forest Run, Solo mm. or Duo? Solo, Solo. Solo. Yeah, you're both right, it is Solo. Uh, number five, Roger Rabbit 2, Solo or Duo? Solo. Duo. Dave, you're right. It is a duo. It was entitled Who Discovered Roger Rabbit? And it was all about how he became the star of Toontown. But See, Disney deemed it 
too costly. <laughs> <laughs> that could have worked, you know, an origin story for someone. Could, that would have been God, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, but sometimes, you know, it's better to leave <laughs> that shit alone, isn't it? <laughs> okay, number six, The Green Lantern 2. Solo or duo? <laughs> you know, solo, please. <laughs> uh, I think they wrote it, but as soon as the film was released, they, they shelved it, duo. Dave, yeah, well done. You're smashing this run this week. It is a duo. Yeah, for some bizarre reason, they decided not to go ahead with the sequel. No idea why. Uh, number seven, Dread 2, solo or duo? Duo. Duo. Yeah, you're both right there. It is a duo. The first one didn't earn a lot of money at the box office, so they decided to not go ahead with the second one. And I think it's a disappointment because I actually really liked the first one. Mm. It was like a raid. This is the Carla Ban one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. quite good, actually. Yeah. It was all right. And I really like uh, Dread. That's a comic as well, so... Ah, there we go. Hey, yeah. Winner, winner, winner. Let's get yeah. on the phone. Uh, anyway, number eight, Cool Runnings 2, Feel the Rhythm, duo, uh, solo or duo? Solo. Solo. <laughs> yeah, solo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number nine, and the last one here, Gladiator 2, solo or duo? <laughs> solo. Solo. <laughs> duo. <laughs> Everybody died at the end of Gladiator. Who are they going to make a film with? Honestly, this is fucking hilarious, mate. Nick Cave of The Bad Seeds went to Ridley Scott and Russell Crowe with a script that he'd written in which Maximus Aurelius, whatever his name was. Maximus Decimus. This is a film podcast. (laughs) Was uh, resurrected and fought in several battles throughout history. Resurrected. Fantastic. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make a Gladiator two sign. Up. I'm going to watch uh, Nick Cave at the weekend. So oh, are you? Well, just gonna yeah. just bring back Gladiator. <laughs> I really hope that he asks for any requests <laughs> and you just shout out, "Yeah, read on the script of Gladiator 2. <laughs> wow. Well, that that was informative. To be honest, that was that was intriguing. Okay, so I've had plenty of time to consider what I've heard. So you guys pretty much disagreed on a few points, but there were there was some common ground to be spotted there. Um, I think Gav, you answered your own question to a degree. Why was the film made? And then you said it felt like a cash grab. That's that's your answer. That's exactly what it is. But why does any film need to be made? You know, you don't make a blockbuster for anything other than to to make the money at the cinema. That's what they're doing. That's why Disney bought this franchise, and that's the name of the game. That's the business. I can't really hold that against them, to be honest with you. Gav said it was surprisingly dull, but Austin said the action, the action was excellent, said there was emotional tones to it. He said it was just an unfortunate weekend for it to come out, and there is a degree of Star Wars fatigue. That's not necessarily the film's fault. That's just the, the, the flavor of the market at the moment. I think, yeah, what Gav was saying, it was unoriginal. It could have been better. Um... It's like, yeah, but that's kind of where we are with Star Wars at the moment. We have been oversaturated a bit, as we say. There's only so much originality you can bring to it. Maybe they do need to try a bit harder, like Marvel seemed to have tapped into it. You've got the same formula, but it's still fresh. Maybe Star Wars need to find their formula to keep this going. Um, he said it's noticeable that it suffered development hell. And... I've got to say, Austin did not nip that one in the bud for me. I think that maybe it is quite notable where the directors picked up and left off, which is what everyone was concerned about. That was the major concern before the release, the fact that it had had, it had changed hands so many times. Um, I don't mind that it, it gives you what you want to see. It shows you him meeting Chewbacca, him meeting Lando, him doing the Kessel Run, getting the Millennium Falcon. If someone told me they were doing a Han Solo origin film... That's the kind of stuff I'd want to see. So I'm kind of pleased that they've included that in this film. But I'm not so uh, keen on the fact that they've got this character wrong. That there's elements to his character. You know, he was very nihilistic, I think, by the time A New Hope came along. He was very apathetic, very laid back, very devil may care, very nonchalant. Didn't really care about anyone. And... Although the you know, the optimism, I wanted to see this character worn down, which by the sounds of it, he wasn't. He maintained his optimism throughout this film, which isn't Han Solo. And it just reminds me of The Last Jedi, where I walked out of that thinking, that wasn't Luke. I don't know what that was. That wasn't Luke. And it, it's painful to see these iconic characters, and they are iconic characters. That's a massive trilogy, probably one of the biggest trilogies ever, if not the, the original Star Wars trilogy. And these are big characters. And it's a shame to see them being portrayed wrongly um and I'd, i've got here testicle rippingly bad 
the expository dialogue, the, the the inclusion of Darth Maul. I I'm confused by this one. I don't know if this is good or bad. I'm thinking bad. Um, Clone Wars. I don't think it's really considered canon. But then there's so many things that aren't. But then by including it in this franchise now, although it may not have been their idea, they have endorsed it for some reason and made it canon. And I'm not sure I'm too on board with that, to be honest with you. You guys said Donald Glover was good, but underused. Harrelson was good. Everyone else kind of fell by the wayside. And from what I've heard about Alden uh, Ehrenreich... Ehrenreich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alden Ehrenreich. It's better than what I said. It's the best pronunciation of the night, to be honest. (laughs) From what I've heard about his performance, although maybe he's not too bad, maybe there's a charm to him, it's not Han Solo. And unfortunately, that is the main thing we'd want to see from this this sort of... uh, sort of film and i couldn't help but notice uh when talking about the wolverine origin movie austin said that is another also bad film <laughs> which, <laughs> that's a Freudian slip yeah which uh, you should know better than that i'm, I'm quite astute i do listen <laughs> i'm very quiet when judging because i'm listening i caught that um and also what you told me about the script and the plot you know what i hate to say this about a star wars film this is going on the shit list Ozzy, you biffed it, mate. I know, I did. <laughs> it, was, it was mine for the taking. You've been busy all weekend. You're a tired man. Uh, You're running on caffeine alone. And I should have I should have wept up there. Uh, on a, one thing, and I should have really uh, got that on in, in the argument, is that I felt like the whole being worn down thing is clearly going to happen in the next mm. solo movie. You only get a glimpse of it at the end of this, where, you know, he gets betrayed by everybody. Mm. I believe but that. It, but, he gets but betrayed, even then, he gets betrayed at like the last yeah. five, ten minutes, yeah. and that's everyone. But then, then, even then, he's still a bit upbeat. Even after yeah. uh, uh, spoiler, he uh, dispatches of one of the characters. Yeah. He feels he's still a bit like, oh well, come on, Chewie, let's go and fly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's, from, from what I gather, for someone who's not seen the film, um, from what Gav was saying, that there probably will be another sequel. Yeah. It's just very presumptuous to assume that you're, you're going to get one. Yeah. Granted, yeah. Star Wars is huge, but I that presumption yeah. riles me a bit. Well, be definitely because yeah. it is struggling at the box office at the moment anyway so yeah, yeah. maybe not yeah. anyway uh, time for genuine opinions austin i thought i thought actually you know what i was torn there were lots of bits of it mm. where i thought were bad there were loads of bits where i thought were, were a very flawed movie but it was entertaining i left at the end and was glad i'd been to watch it so yeah it was good it was okay yeah. I, i'd be six six and a half mate yeah. maybe seven out of ten out of absolute push yeah, I mean, I, I was sort of honest. I mean, I'm not a massive Star Wars fan anyway, as you might have guessed. Uh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that very biased episode. Uh, but it was all right. I mean, there was some really enjoyable bits in it. There were some really good performances. But on the whole, you're going to watch a film about Han Solo. And for me, yeah. as you said, that wasn't Han Solo. It was just some guy. And it just felt unnecessary and a he cash grab. He wasn't even the main character in it, to be honest with you. He wasn't the best character in the film. No, exactly. Yeah. And, when, and when the main character of a film it, like the kind of titular character isn't the best character in it that's something wrong about the film isn't it uh anyway so higher or lower than our previous one-off special infinity war oh, lower. Lower. lower lower okay yeah infinity war was 8.8 uh solo what do you reckon i'm gonna stick with six and a half having not seen it i have no idea okay 7.2 all right okay, go on. Uh, so just before we call a close it's time for a caption contest and i've taken a screenshot of the film and i've asked our friends and followers to provide some captions and it is one of lando carrizian looking very cocky as he's presenting a winning card <laughs> in a card game and he's sat next to what looks like a two-headed giant shrimp and so we've got a number of <laughs> number of captions here you guys have got to pick the best and that person will win a freddo okay so the first one i knew you would like a bite too what the hell was that <laughs> oh, was that a freddo oh, okay uh, number two my poker face is pretty shit compared to those carrots <laughs> number three took the g out your waffle all you got left is your ego oh I don't know what that means, Dave. Is that a Star Wars thing? Is it? I've got no idea. It's in quotation marks as well, so it must be something. Anyway, and the last one is in reference to the giant king prawn, dot, dot, dot. Hey, Han, you should probably be a bit more careful about calling him a shrimp. He's tasted human before, said it tastes like, well, shrimp. And then, and then afterwards, they've said, "I don't know. I'm sorry, I failed you." <laughs> <laughs> so, who, who wins there, guys? Uh, uh, what's the second one again? 
Second one was my poker face is pretty shit compared to these carrots. I, I've looked up the take the G out your waffle, all you got left is your ego. It, it's childish Gambino lyrics. I just had to Google ah, that quickly. Right, okay. Okay, Although okay, I had okay. Donald Glover's musical alias. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, well, that's too clever for Okay. This. So, <laughs> <laughs> which, which one took the G, poker face? Um, the, the first one. Uh, last one. Poker face. Go on, poker face. Poker face and carrots. Okay. So, well done. True gore art. You've just won yourself a Freddo. <laughs> okay so thank you very much uh, guys and thank you very much to everyone who has listened just want to say a big thank you uh, we really do appreciate all the support especially in this past week when we have been off itunes for using some explicit language so once again we do apologize for fucking swearing so much and we will ensure that we mark all of our episodes as explicit going forward if you want to catch those episodes you can do on itunes hopefully fingers crossed <laughs> and on our website www.filmsontrial.co.uk Also, why not check us out on Twitter at Film Trials while uh, you can suggest a film for us to put in the hat and we will eventually review it. Also, while you're there, check out our friends and collaborators, Austin Ray and Winston Sang, our music producer and graphic artist, respectively at Aussie Ray and at the underscore Quirks. Also, check us out on other social media, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram Films on Trial. So, Solo is on the shit list and we will be in your ears next time i don't know this is a one-off so the next one-off we're going to be doing is going to be jurassic world 2 so that should be very Christ. tasty <laughs> if you listen to the previous jurassic world apparently that was the one that we forgot to mark as explicit <laughs> so somebody else listened to that recently anyway so we'll be in your ears next time with jurassic world 2 uh, so see you later goodbye Bye.